Hey, what's up? My name is Dusty Otis. I am the lead pastor here at The Grove in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thank you so much for taking part of your day to be a part of this church, to engage in this message, and for supporting our ministry. It means more than you know. None of what we get to do happens without you. I pray that today's message speaks to your heart. I hope that it helps you move forward in your relationship with God, and I hope that you become just a little bit better in following Jesus because you took the time to listen today. Enjoy the message. We're in a series titled A Better Way Forward. This is week 10. This is a transitional week for us in this series because we're going to shift the focus from you towards the relationships around us starting next week. And so this is kind of, this is week 10 of the series. I've never done a series this long, and so it's been super good for me. So much of what God's done in my life and reminded me of uh, has been uh, through this. And so it was such a great reminder for me what God's done in my life. And so if you've missed any of these, you need to go back. They, they all build on each other, which is kind of rare these days. Uh, we're not, uh, we don't do many one-off messages. And so, again, super pumped that you're here. And so the foundation for this series is 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And essentially what that says, paraphrase, is, is this is Paul talking to the church. And he's saying, may you be completely completely kept complete in your spirit, soul, and body. And so then you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. You are three equal parts. This is how God made you, formed in the womb, before history, before time, before anything. This is how he made you. And so then, this is essentially how you interact. This is your heart, your soul, and your flesh, right? And so here's the topic today, building balance. How do we build balance? This is kind of the, the book mar, the book end to 10 weeks of focusing specifically on you so you can step into the new year balance. And so then, very few people on the face of the earth have a conscious plan for developing balance in their lives, okay? And the truth is, most people are functional, yet they're not intentional. We're functional, and that's the difference. Being functional and intentional is the difference between being on autopilot and driving the car, right? And so if you have a car that drives itself, good for you. It's kind of weird. I can't do it. I'm a control freak, and I just can't let it happen, right? And so... Here's why we like to be on autopilot. Here's like why we like to function. We just want to be functional because our schedules are insane. The demands on our time are insane. We have constant noise in our life. We have constant information overload because of this thing, right? If, you, if you're old enough to remember, at one time, all when the cell phone came out, it was an amazing thing because you could actually call people from your pocket. And we played Snake. And that was the sweetest game on the phone. And then we progressed from there to add email and apps, and all this other stuff. And so, and now you can actually get everything on your wrist, which is dangerous for me. That's why I don't have the, the Apple Watch. And so then, because of all of that, and the, and, and the overload that we're in, the anxiety increases, and the stress increases, and because we feel this pressure on ourselves, what that causes us to do is to go faster, so we can get more done, instead of slowing down. And so, depending on the pace that you run, eventually, at some point, life is going to catch up to you, and you're going to be distracted, and you're going to be discouraged, and you're going to drift spiritually from that part of who you are, which is, which is the bullseye. By the way, we've drawn these, these several times uh, throughout the series. And so I'm going to touch base on them to close out who we are and how we're supposed to roll. So if we're going to put the past 10 weeks together, we need to build personal balance. So this is great that the church is a body of people corporately, but how do we build balance individually? And it's two-part. Balance first, the noun is a condition in which different elements are equal or incorrect correct proportion. Your three parts whole, these are all three equal parts, right? The other one is a verb, and that means to keep or put something in a steady position so that it does not fall. The Bible says that righteous people, that those who follow Jesus are going to fall, 
Matter of fact, it says they'll fall seven times. That's not a big deal. You're going to fall 77 or 777 times. But it says they still get back up. They continue to get back up. And so why do we fall so much? Because we get out of balance. This tends to rule or this tends to rule instead of this. We get farther and farther away of, of who God called us to be and how he created us. By the way, when you look at the definitions of balance, you would say, well, are we talking about the noun today or the verb today? Today is a both and. It's a both and. You want both of these for your life. You want the noun and the verb. And so then once we fall out of balance and we lose kind of our way, what happens is instead of getting back up that 778th time, we're just like, I'm exhausted. And what keeps you down is being out of balance spiritually, spiritually, because we get to the place where the pace is so fast and we feel like we have to do so much that we feel like we can't do another thing, right? And so when you think about this, so then you are three parts whole. So we're going to take the pie graph and put it into a bullseye. The center of the bullseye would be your spirit. This is who God made you to be. This is your connection with God, the father. This is everything that, that, that makes you a living person. It is your spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. And so your soul is your mind, will, and your emotions. It's the second ring. And then your, the final ring, the outside ring is your body. That's our five senses. It's how we interact with the world. Our soul is what connects our spirit to our body. That makes sense. And so then when we're out of balance and we lose that lack of having that spirit as the center of our life, our connection with God and who he's called us to be, and we fall out of balance, we tend to get what a lot of doctors would call vertigo. And then these all become part of one thing. And so we'll put our spiritual stuff out here when we get done with our work, which work tends to, tends to hold this spot for us. And so instead of, the Bible says when you are born again, that your spirit is regenerated and that it really in, encompasses everything. You start from the inside out and this is what happens. And your spirit is what leads to your direction in your mind and your body. It's because you have that connection. And what happens when we get out of balance is our priorities are off, which we talked about a couple weeks ago. And then you could have work in here, or you could have yourself talk in here. And that tends to be the root of what determines our actions, right? And so the reality is, as God said, you are a spirit. When I created you, I formed you in the womb. I, I know the numbers of the hair on your head, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I know you better than you know yourself. And so then being three parts whole, these are three equal parts, and your spirit is what leads all the others. Now, the reality in this is when you're born again, what happens is you have to give some authority to your spirit because before you're born again, your spirit's dead because we're all dead to sin. And so then because we're dead to sin, that means our soul is really what leads us, our mind. And so there's an exchange that has to take place. We have to start listening to our heart more and less, less of our mind, which is a really tough thing, right? And so to be in balance means you need to be conscious and intentional about yourself. Three parts whole means that you are rooted not in what you do, and what you do is not who you are, but you are rooted spiritually. You're, 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 everything you do, everything that comes from you comes from right here, not from the exterior. It's not about the outward appearance, God says, but what's in your heart. He looks at your heart. And so then, which means structure and direction in our priorities come from our spirit, not from something that we read in a, on a Facebook post, right? And so our, our actual spirit is one, it's our connection with ourselves, but it's also the direction in which we go. It's our connection with God and it's who he's called us to be. And so the best scripture for this, where we're at today, if you're taking notes is Matthew 6, 33. And I'll read the full version. This is out of the Amplified. I'll reference it a few times today. I got made fun of last week because I picked it up about 73 times. 
It says, first, and most importantly, seek, aim at, put your energy toward his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being. His way of doing and being. So doing is your physical, and being is your spiritual, and this is your actual self, okay? And so his way of doing and being, having the attitude and the character of God, and he will provide you with everything else, everything else. The old King James Version says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. And I reference this a lot. This is a live verse for me. Um, I used to do everything else and believe that because I was doing everything else that God was going to take care of me. And I was really just exhausting myself here and here. And I was disconnected here. I was checking boxes as a pastor, as a church employee, as a private school employee. I was just checking boxes here and just doing here. And people liked what I was doing here. So I never felt I needed this until, until I hit rock bottom. So if we are going to, what Matthew 6.33 is saying, by the way, is this. Remember who you are. Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, his way of doing and being. Remember who you are. He made you this. His way of doing and being, which your soul connects those two, and everything else will be added to you. And so remember who you are. Remember where you came from. Remember who your heavenly father is. Remember where you're going. Where are we going? We're going, we have kingdom purpose. It's his righteousness. So then we focus on that first. And when you focus on that first, it says he will provide you everything else. Everything else. And so to those who are functional, here's the problem. I was functional and I tend to be really intentional. I used, as a matter of fact, I created a hashtag years ago that said, live intentionally. And, and that was because that was what, that's what God was doing in my life. And so here's the problem we run into. We all tend to lean to function because it's doing. That's where we see fruit and achievement. So we like that, and that makes us feel good. And the people who are functional, instead of being intentional, tend to see spiritual development like a waste of time. Oh, you want me to lean into this? I don't know how to do that. That's uncomfortable. I've never done that. I used to do that. I did that one time. I checked the box. I crossed the line or whatever. And when you, when you look at it like that, it's going to be really hard for you to develop this way because, because you're operating in the physical. You're operating with your five senses in the world. That makes sense. And so to build on last week, we need to realize that balance brings order to our entire lives in such a way that love comes before everything else. And that's really last week's message in a nutshell. That's a plug for last week. We talked about helping your heart last week, understanding what love really is. And so balance in today's world is a gift. And it's a gift because you get to exhale. You get to go, oh, that's nice, right? Nice. And so God who formed you in the womb, he knows the order of your life and he knows the balance in which you should live. He knows what you need. And balance, if you look back to the beginning of time when you were created, when God had you in mind, when he had humanity in mind, how he formed you, says 1 Thessalonians 5.23, balance was regulated our entire lives. It was rooted and centered on the love of God, which you are, and God is, and you're formed in his image, so God is love. So then guess what? That's what the, the root of your spirit is, love. And so balance was accompanied with God's peace and comfort. If you remember in the garden before Adam and Eve, there was ba- before Adam and Eve sinned, there was balance, right? And uniquely still today, when you find balance in your life, on one of those rare days, on one of the special occasions where everything falls in line, there's balance. Do you know what comes with it? Peace and comfort. God says the God, God is the God of all peace. He's the God of all comfort, right? And so in those moments when we find balance and peace and comfort kind of accompany, that's automatic. That's the way God designed it. That's how he intended it for you. And we sit in that moment, we just kind of relish for the 30 seconds or the three minutes that it lasts, right? And so balance is supposed to be lived daily, period. We live balanced here. It's one of the things we teach our kids is we're going to live balanced, completely balanced, which is 
spiritually, emotionally, and physically. We have a lot of work to do in the emotional realm with our kids, I'm not going to lie. And part of that's because of who I am, right? They're going to follow their leader. And so balance is supposed to be lived daily. It's not to be caught up on, it's to be caught up in. Balance, because balance brings peace and comfort. And the reality for me in this is before I learned this, it would take me six days of a seven-day vacation to find this balance, to find that peace and that comfort of a vacation. So our first few vacations, if we got to take one, um, I remember being uh, in, in Destin on the beach, and it would be like day, we we're like, I would be so, so overwhelmed with anxiety, one, because I wasn't at work, and I didn't think that work could go without me, because it all hinged on me, right? It didn't. And, and so I would be thinking or responding to texts or emails, and I would never actually be checked out. My mind, will, and emotions were still at work, even though I was on vacation, and I was just grateful for the time off. And so, so I'm working on vacation. About day six or day seven, when it was time to go back home, my mind would flip to think about and start stressing about the drive back home that was 14 hours. And so um, when I started getting healthy, I realized, wait a second, I need three days to enjoy that one week. And so we really need 10 days if we're going to take vacation. And let's go somewhere that's, that's like three quarters of the way there and find some cheap hotel that just has something to do so we can keep our kids busy so we can both unplug and actually get our minds right so we can go and enjoy vacation. So it's still like that today. We still take 10 days to have a week because it takes me that long to get unplugged. It's the reason why we still have two days here. So there's two days off. If you only give me one day off, I never really get to unplug. I can't. It's, it's so very difficult for me because there's so much going on. So that was a hard way to learn. And so then what happened is day six or day seven, I was already stressing out on what was going to happen the day one I was back to work because now I got to play catch up and nobody did anything like I do it while I was gone, blah, 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 right? And so I think you guys feel that too. There's this crazy after vacation. I was talking to a guy who, who's one of our financial partners and he just went over overseas and he said, man, it's just so hard to get back in the flow of work because once you actually go and unplug and actually find a little bit of balance in your life, getting back into the groove is insane. It's insane. And so it's the crazy that we all go into. So your goal with balance should be the same today as it was with God in the beginning of creation when he created humanity. You want relationship with God, that's your spiritual connection, right? And you want the balance between your spirit, your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. And, and what happens when you do that is it's called transformation. When your spirit gets regenerated, you, you're transformed. It's not just heart change, like phase one of our faith. There's heart transformation that happens. And now I'm actually living how God called me to be, who God called me to be, how he called me to live it, right? And so, so then I have relationship with God. I have the transformation. I'm, I'm being transformed into his image daily is what the word says. And I have freedom from anything that stands in my way of being an example of three parts whole, 100% balance, 33.333% balance. And so let's get pretty practical. How does this look like? How does balance look like today for you with all of our busyness? If we could put structure, if we could put priorities to, spoiler alert, Point one is a daily quiet time, right? If we could do that, if I ask you a question, what would it look like if you lived one balanced day? What would that day look like? Let's put some things to it. Let's put some physical things to it. So the first is a daily quiet time. And what I want you to pay attention here is, is daily quiet time is going to incorporate your spirit, soul, and body. If we're going to talk about balance and doing things to be balanced, all three parts, the first thing that a daily quiet time would have would be prayer, which is our spiritual connection. There would be silence which is soul care, 
And there would be Bible study, which is something physical. I can actually get in and say, I did that. And so that checks the box for our physical being. What I want you to pay attention to here is there are going to be four S words that we're going to talk about in these four points. And they all have to do with your soul. Remember, your soul connects your spirit and your body. And so here's the problem with silence. Silence is the most challenging for us because it disconnects us from the world and it makes us sit all alone with God, with our thoughts. And if we don't ever do that, or we rarely do that, it becomes very uncomfortable, right? And so there's nothing like nothing else because when we're alone with God, then we have to actually go, okay, where am I at in my life? What's going on in my life? That's why Psalms 139 is so important. And there's a quote out there that says this, any trial that comes your way can be conquered with silence. You just have to be comfortable enough to sit in it. And so then quiet time is this. A daily quiet time is not to gain information, but for the purpose of formation in Jesus. It's, it's that you would be made into his image, that you would start walking the way that he walks and talking the way that he talks. The second point, or the second way we find balance in our everyday is daily rest. Daily rest. So how do we do that? We read. That's our spiritual connection. We're just reading. There's simplicity. What is simplicity? That means eliminating all distractions. That's our soul care, simplicity and recreation. So reading would be our spiritual connection. Simplicity would be soul care and recreation would be for our body. That's hobbies. That's golf. That's fishing. That's whatever we do. We have to have these. Now you say, that's that's ridiculous. I'm not going to be able to fish every day. You have to find some type of recreation to have a daily rest. And so here's what we're going to talk about with reading. It's our spiritual connection. This is really where we start trending toward our relationship with God. You want to read to enjoy what you're reading. You're going to let that work on you. You're not going to grade it. You're not the judge of the word. The word is what works on you. So you read to reflect and you're going to allow the word to feed you and to transform you. It is the daily word. It's our daily bread is what the Bible calls it. And so, so in a daily rest, what rest is really doing is rest is trusting God to run the universe while you get refreshed. That's what a daily rest is. I'll never forget at a mentor um, in 2009, tell me that he wakes up to relax. And I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard because I sleep to relax. No, you don't. You sleep to recover. And so when you wake up and he went through this whole big, big ordeal, I'm like, man, that's insane. Like you do all that. So you wake up to sit down, be still, close your eyes. How do you not go back to sleep? Well, because I'm being intentional. And so rest, rest is super important. It's probably one of the biggest things that I do in my daily, in my daily life. The third thing you need is daily work, daily work. Now this is one of three, not all of three. Okay. What's daily work? Daily work is three parts. It's missional first, Lord, your kingdom come seek first the kingdom of God. Lord, how can I be a light in my community, in my office, in my house, in my marriage? By the way, Heather and I celebrated 16 years on Friday and it was just amazing. We got, yeah, we got a good two and a half hours out without any kids for the first time in a really long time, and we didn't know what to do. So rest is trusting God to run the universe. Daily work is let me be a salt, let me be salt, let me be light where I'm at. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done in my life as is in heaven, in this community, in this city, in my office, in my house, in my marriage, in me, right? So it's missional first. The second part of that, the soul side is seclusion. It's seclusion. Seclusion is removing distractions, removing attachments, and being free from any complication. You're going to have to have that in your work. What, what keeps you from being productive at work? Distractions. So there has to be seclusion. That's, again, soul care. And then, and then the third part is the physical side. That's your position. 
And that's why this thing becomes red sometimes, because our position sometimes trumps who we are. We identify when I meet somebody, I say, hey, my name is Dusty. Uh, your name is, what do you do? It's the first thing we ask is, what do you do, right? We don't go back to our why, right? It is what. And so then when we work, work stretches us to go beyond our comfort zones. And it, it forces us to embrace the limits that we have so that we have to rely on God to grow. Otherwise, I'm just relying on myself. I don't need the spiritual side, so I'm out of balance, okay? And if you've ever drove on a wheel that's like that, it's not very good. So then notice when we talk about daily work, it's, it's one of three things. It's not the thing. So many people attack life. And number three is the whole thing. It's one of three. And so then um, to have balance daily, it takes a daily quiet time, a daily rest, daily work. And the fourth thing is daily relationships. Daily relationships. Could have started with this, but I end because it's important. Matthew 22, 37 through 39 says, Love the Lord your God with all, your, with all of your heart, soul, and strength three parts whole, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's what the word says. And so then a relationship with what? With who? God. That's my spiritual connection. I want a relationship with God. Why? Because Jesus died to restore that relationship. I'm not a relationship with myself. That's weird. How do we do that? It's, those, it's the three S's I just told you about. I'll say them again. And then with my body, I need community. I need to have a church community. People who think like me, live like me, talk like me, who are like me. The Bible says iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. I need to be in community. I have to have a daily relationship. The Bible says that man was not made to be alone, so God created Eve. Thank God for Eve. And all the men said, yes, Lord. And so then, we're not meant to live life alone, although post-pandemic, everybody feels alone. Everybody feels alone, and we know the number one thing that we need is community, right? And so in that relationship with God, soul care, yourself, and then daily community is, is huge. And the relationship side is this. Relationships are the origin for discipleship. God said to go into all the world and make disciples. It takes believers to lead believers, right? And so we learn and we grow and we get better through relationship. That's why we gather every Sunday here. And so you need to identify that the relationships in your life that are dragging you from that, there needs to be a nice necessary ending to those. And you need to identify that the relationships that you need going into 2023 which is what the next four, four weeks will be about. And so when it comes to your relationship with God, let's talk specifically about that. There are four things, there are four phases, there are four ways that we really grow in our relationship with God. And in that, this is the core of who we are. So we know that God made us first and he said that we are a spirit, right? And so that because we are a spirit, the way that we tend to engage with God from the very beginning of salvation, we had that heart change, not heart transformation, is we begin talking to God and telling God what we need and asking God for what we need and praying what we're told to pray, what we've learned to pray, what my youth pastor taught me or what I was pointed to in the Bible. Uh, God is good. God is great. Thank you for the food that's on this plate. Amen. Right? Uh, our kingdom come, uh, Lord, uh, Lord, uh, what is it? our Father art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We can all say that together. Right? And that's an amazing prayer. And I've said it thousands of times and, and I love it. But that's when we're just talking at God. There can be a disconnect from our spirit, from our heart, because we know so much in our head, right? And so then what happens next is once we get past that, we start talking to God, which is a little bit better because there's some relationship. And you become more comfortable using your own words. This is your words, not something you read or picked up off a piece of paper or printed. And so then instead of memorizing or, or saying what you memorized as a kid, you now start talking to God, which is amazing. 
And then we go from that to listening to God. And this is really, this is transformational. Now we begin to find balance in our lives spiritually. There's a spiritual connection because we went from this type of discussion. And now we're going to listen to God. And we begin to find balance. And we understand this is a two-way relationship. And we begin to believe the love that God has for us. And so, and we do that only because we've gotten in touch with our heart, which if you're a big, strong, burly man, just that's hard to do, right? And so when you get in touch with your spirit, with who God created you to be, this starts happening. And now it's just, now it's not just sitting there dormant. Now it starts affecting the way that I think and the way that I talk and the way that I act and who I hang out with. And now I become an actual, I am a spirit. I become a spiritual being as opposed to finding what, what, what the, what is going on, right? And so that leads to the fourth thing, which is being with God, being with God. We get to the place, we get here where we believe so much in what God has done for us, who he is, who he's called us to be, that we enjoy being in the presence of God above anything else. This is it. This is it because we understand and believe in that love that he has for us. And so then this becomes the most important thing and it becomes more important than any other activity that we do. And so then it tends to be the way that people who believe start their day. Not always. Mine wasn't always that. Mine used to be at the end of the day. And so as you can see in the four ways, these four ways that we interact with God, right? This is having him at the center is not just a, yes, he is. I'm not just going to affirm that or confirm that with a word. It actually, it's going to be in my actions. God says he wants to see what's in our heart, right? And so seeking him first, developing balance takes time. This takes time. This takes months, weeks. It takes years. It's not something that's just like automatic. Yeah, I can just do that. You just sit still. Learning, learning to sit still for me, guys, learning to listen took seven months of my life. Every day, seven months, just to listen. And now I'm a better listener. I got the nod, okay? And so it takes time. It takes patience. It takes trial and error. You're going to have to find some things. Well, well, Dusty said to do this. I'm, I can give you great advice. That doesn't mean it's going to work. What works is in here. I might encourage you. I'm not going to change your life. What's in here changes your life. It's, it's the word, right? And so it takes trial and error, and it takes adjustment. But more than anything, it takes consistency. I need to be consistent. And so your relationship with God has to be number one. It cannot be a tag along, a plus one, a fifth wheel. It's not that. God didn't design you that way, right? He didn't make you to keep up with you to chase along, chase along with you. Here's the issue that we have. Most times we call on God. When we get to God, it's because of crisis, right? And we want him to be the fixer. God, can you just fix this for me real quick? And it's not that he can't do that, but God is so much better when you slow down, find some balance, and let him prepare your way. The Bible says he makes your path straight. He makes your path straight. And so if you just slow down and walk with him, he'll prepare your way. And so when you first start developing balance in your life, you learn a great deal about yourself and these four things. And the, and the ways that we talked about having a daily rest, uh, daily relationships and those things. And the short version of the relationship is this. It has to be iron sharpening iron. You need this. And if there are people here that you don't connect with, that's totally okay because the reason we're all here is the same. And so that's where we start. We start with Jesus. He's the center. And so when you start developing balance in your life, you learn a great deal about yourself, which brings you closer to God. Oh, now I can actually check into this a little bit because now I know who I am because of what God said. Remember, we're all a work in progress, by the way. So life is a journey. It's not a sprint. And remember the reason for balance is so that you can live healthy and you can live on purpose. If you're out of balance, it's going to be really hard for you. And the biggest thing that balance brings is interior growth. It's here. 
It's not head knowledge. It's something that we store up here. It's something we believe in our heart. So that when balance begins to happen, everything happens from the inside out. It's not, look at my nails. I got a sweet haircut. I drive a nice car. I live in a nice house. Look at all the stuff I have. That proves nothing about growth, right? What balance does, when I am balanced spiritually, emotionally, and physically, what balance does is it, it brings me inside out. It creates interior growth, which is what God said in 1 Samuel. I'm not concerned with your outward appearance. I'm concerned with your heart. I want to know your heart. And so you need interior growth to develop, which is what 1 Thessalonians 5.23 is saying. This is Paul telling us, may the God of peace himself sanctify you through, through and through and through and through and through and through and set you apart for his purpose. And may your spirit and your soul and your body be kept complete, balanced, that you would be balanced, that you would be whole. And so if you didn't notice the four S's that I talked about in the structure and the priorities we created, if you're taking notes, I want to run them by you one more time. A daily quiet time takes silence. Daily rest takes simplicity. Daily work takes seclusion. And daily relationships takes you. Those are all soul. Those four S's are soul care. Soul care. Those are important because your soul connects your body and your spirit. It's the go-between, right? And so then silence, simplicity, and seclusion connect you. They keep you connected to the way you interact with the world and your heart, the way you interact with God. The God who created the world built you with intention. He was very intentional with you. So then Christianity, I'm going to take this to the Christianity side and say, Christianity is not one of those things that you can just adopt one or two things that you like, right? It's not a set of intellectual beliefs that we pick and choose from. It's a relationship with God. He made you three parts whole. So if I cut this part out and I pretend it was never there, my circle is incomplete. But Dusty, I don't like that. It makes me uncomfortable. Well, sadly, that's the world, okay? And, and the world just says, you, 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 okay? And, and if I lose this part, if I was rolling on this, that would be one rough ride, right? I have to have this. And balance creates this. So then Christianity is not, well, I just take those two. And so I'm going to close with this. I want to talk about what brings balance. And this is what God revealed to me. It's what he put on my heart. And so I hope that it speaks to you. It's Psalms 139. It's verses one through six. And this is the intention that God has behind what he's doing in your life. It says, this is David talking to God. David's had some pretty incredible conversations with God. By the way, David was, was a dirtbag of dirtbags. He was a murderer. He was an adulterer. He's done things way worse than you, okay? And he says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You know my thoughts. You know my thoughts, which is my mind, my will, my emotions. And you know them right from where you are. You discern my going out and my laying down, my actions, my body. You know me. You're familiar with every one of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know my heart. You're behind me and before me. And your hand is upon me. And all that you know is too much for me. All that you know is too much for me. It's too lofty for me to attain. Your ways are higher. Your thoughts, your thoughts are greater. I can't comprehend the way that you made me because you, Lord, have heavenly perspective and I only have worldly perspective. And if you want a truly balanced life, the way to go is to look at Jesus. Jesus came to put this back, to restore this so that you could be regenerated in your whole being, 
so that you could be made completely whole. We were dead to sin. We were dead here. And because Jesus came, this came alive. And because our spirit comes alive, now we can be regenerated, regenerated in our whole being, in our entire being. And so Jesus is the model. So if we put Jesus as the center, which is our connection, right? So we just go to here now. Jesus is now the center. And now we have this big wheel called a wheel. When Jesus at the center, you find more balance, okay? And so I want to ditch, I want to ditch these two things we've been using for 10 weeks. And I'll talk, last analogy, last analogy. Think of your life like a wheel, okay? I've said wheel a couple times unintentionally, but it is what it is. And, and the center of your life is what makes that wheel go, okay? And so then everything that's outside of here, these are your hobbies. These are all the spokes, Okay, they're blue for a reason. Hobbies, relationships, friends, I don't even care. Work, right? What I like to do on the weekends, my mind, my thoughts, my doing, everything that I am, it's my spokes. And these spokes represent your relationships, your family, your career, your goals, like everything that you are, right? And everything comes from this hub. Every, all of our actions come from the center, and we build our lives around this hub. Now, everybody in here can identify with this because we all have something in the center that we build our lives on. And so today the question would be, what's your hub? What is the hub of your life? What is the center of your wheel? What is holding all the spokes together? Is it your career? Is it work? Is it family? Is it money? The church question is, is it Jesus? ask you the church question because you just happen to be sitting in a building that we rent and we call a church. How do you know what you're building your life around? Just, it's very simple. Ask yourself the question, what do I think about the most? What drives me? That's there. That's what's there. And God's, God called you to be first before he called you to do anything. And so the center of your life is critical for, build, for building a balanced life. A solid center leads to a solid life. There are people in here with really solid lives. You know why? They have a solid center. An unstable center creates an unstable life. A weak, flimsy center will, weak, will lead to a weak, flimsy life. Without something stabilizing your spokes, your wheel collapses. I'm getting a little too heavy for my bike. and I started throwing spokes the other day and I bent my wheel. It's because one's a cheap bike, okay? It's a cheap bike. One, I'm overweight. But two, I bent the wheel. Why? Because this is flimsy. Now I don't ride that bike and I gotta buy a new bike because this is bad. It has nothing to do with these. Those are like thin little pieces of wire. I can tie a knot with those spokes, right? And so then something other than God, when something other than God takes this place, and we remove blue, blue marks your, your spirit, by the way. And we put work here, we put our body here. And this is what fuels everything. It's incomplete, we're out of balance, we're frustrated, we're stressed, we're overloaded, we're everything, and we can't cope with life. So we need something to, to take that pain, pressure, stress, anxiety, something, because we put this here. Well, what if I put, I'm gonna put my hobbies here. When this becomes a source of what we're doing, it's weak and it's flimsy. It won't stand. The only thing that stands that holds that wheel together 
is this. It's your spiritual life. What's your heart? God said he made you. He made you this way. You are a spirit. You have a soul. Thank God we do. And we live in a body. And so then because of that, when people's lives fall apart, as pastors, what do we go to? Somebody comes and says, hey, man, my life's falling apart. It means one thing. This is off. Their center's off. He's not the guy. Right? And so not only does the hub create stability, it also controls and influences everything that you do. So now this, we talked about earlier, regeneration, this spurs everything. That's why work is missional. Then it's positional. This is, this is why when you go to have a daily chair time, it's, the, it's God first, then everything. Seek first the kingdom of God and, and all of these things will be added to you because he's the center, right? And so then, it only influences your life. It gives you everything. When God's at the center, this at the center also makes this the power, right? It's what drives the wheel. And so the power of a wheel always emanates from the center outward, not from the outside in. It's not physically, well, if I just do enough, I'll eventually get to where I'm healthy spiritually. No, you won't. That's false. This emanates from the inside out, always, always. When Jesus is the center or the hub of your life, he's gonna provide stability and control and the power that you need to overcome because it's his spirit in you. So then remember your promise, it's Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things, all of these things will be added to you. All your other needs will be met. So when you choose to put Jesus at the center, everything else aligns. Everything else is taken care of from your family to your career, to your goals. You find balance because he's the center. This is where your strength comes from. It's scriptural. My strength comes from the Lord, it's Isaiah. He will direct your life. He'll influence it. He'll empower it and he'll give it stability. You find stability, you find balance when Jesus is the center. So here are your action steps this week. It's pretty simple. These are different. This isn't, a, this isn't really a to-do. This is something for you to reflect on. These are questions to reflect on. If you looked at your life as a wheel, what would be the center? If you wanna say what color would it be? Was it blue? What would, the, what would be at the center? Number two, what's the biggest distraction that keeps you from finding balance? Start eliminating. <laughs> We're really good at, at being human beings who create to-do lists. Start a to-don't list. Don't need to do that anymore. Don't need to do that anymore. Find the things that distract you from having a balanced life. And the third one is, what is the biggest obstacle in your life that keeps Jesus from being at the center? Because that's keeping you from living balanced. Thank you so much for joining us today. It means more than you know to have you with us. And to all of you who partner with us and support the mission of our church, thank you. We cannot be the church without you. Go ahead and click the link in the description to partner with us now, or you can visit thegrovefc.com forward slash partner. If you enjoy the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe. And if you know someone who would benefit from hearing this message, share it with them. This is how the gospel goes forward. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.